Welcome back to Breakthrough Conversations. My name is Brett English. I'm joined with Holly Loxton, the uh, trauma healer and coach. Thanks for bringing me into your home today. My pleasure. Thanks <laughs> um, for having me. No worries at all. I wanted to ask you, um, how did this line of work open up for you? It started because my family and I lost everything in 2016. And mm. so that was like, my dad lost his business. We lost all of our property and everything. Uh, my house was wrapped up in that. So basically, yeah, came back from Karatha with nothing and had to start again. And I was in a very, very deep hole. Mm. And I was either going to top myself or actually pull myself out. So I really started, just started from the beginning again. I'd already done probably, I've been into healing and spirituality and that sort of stuff since I was about... I'd say my first workshop that I went to was actually a Brandon Bay's one when I was 20. Okay. And then Brandon Bay's. Yeah, Brandon Bay's mm, The okay. Journey, and that was a really interesting workshop. And then I had done so many different healing modalities over the years, and yeah, in 2016, because I'd gone so far off my path before mm. that, I'd been a personal trainer and massage therapist, and going down that sort of yeah wellness route. That's still cool though, in a, in a sense, like health and fitness and vitality is. Yeah, part. yeah, that was yeah. good. And then I came home from Karatha after I'd been working in the restaurants and the pubs up there for my dad. Yeah. And then came back and basically just threw myself into learning everything I could to help me. So I did mm. um, a lot of hypnotherapy, which I then went on to study hypnotherapy. Uh, I also did uh, like a lot of mindset work mm. to pull me out of that hole. And it did get me a certain portion of the way but it wasn't until I found like somatic trauma work that things really started shifting in a whole new vibe yeah well what is somatic trauma work exactly and how does it actually help somebody get themselves out of that pit or hole that you said you were in in 2016 yeah so mindset work is very very crucial and really important Mm. and it'll get you so far in a certain realm of healing but unfortunately with mindset you know you're only really working with that five percent or ten percent whichever books you read of what you're consciously aware of and then the rest of it's really unconscious so even hypnotherapy getting into the unconscious mind is good what i discovered though was with trauma therapy we are getting the actual trauma out of the body so we're taking the body out of that fight flight or freeze and we're we're sorry taking the body out of a freeze and then processing Mm. the fight and flight energy that's underneath it out of the body so getting the defense mechanisms back on board activating Mm. you know any voice any uh rage getting into repressed anger repressed emotions all of that stuff that your body stores and yeah just allowing it to process out of the body Amazing, amazing. Mm. What was the cause of the 2016? Was it an economic thing or just a business thing? Yeah, it was an economic thing. So we had a lot of property and pubs and stuff up in Karatha and then the property houses, like the housing market just tanked. Okay. And so it's just a, yeah, Yeah. gradual downslide into that. So unfortunately. Okay. Um, I'm glad to see that you've transformed your life completely from since then, hey? so in this line of work, what are some common themes that you're seeing with your clients and people that you're coaching or helping with somatic therapy um, and what people are going through at, at, at this time in the collective? In the collective? Yeah. I work mainly with entrepreneurs and leaders and, okay. and people in that space. Mm. They, I think it's probably because I've been from an entrepreneurial family and you know, I just yeah. sort of know what they go through on the... <laughs> in yeah. that whole realm and I've been working for myself since I was 21 so from a from that particular standpoint there's been a lot of stress obviously over the last few years yeah in the business space but there's also been a lot of opportunity which mm. is good and yeah. it's what we're facing now with our leaders is really a lot of burnout so a lot of people have these nervous systems that are just so stretched and they've just mm. been absolutely um, trashed, not only over the last few years, but I think it's just part and parcel of entrepreneurship. But yeah. as the world gets more complicated and there's more things to clog up our bandwidths, we're just getting more and more um, stressed and mm. overloaded, overworked. So my yeah. job is to help them regulate their nervous systems and process the trauma. Beautiful, beautiful. And um, when I was chatting with her, she mentioned that you were helping him with his 
inner work as well and how it affects his outer work in, in business and the, the world of in marketing. Um, what are some of the things you're seeing that show up in life and in people's businesses that are representative of the internal state? Oh, gosh, anything that's a pattern in your life mm. is something to do with you internally. Yeah. So I deal a lot with people wanting to go to that next level as well. So mm. they've hit like a certain block of what they believe subconsciously is available to them. Mm. And so what we do is we go on a, like a, what I call the trauma treasure hunt to figure yeah. out. <laughs> trauma treasure hunt. The trauma treasure hunt yeah. to figure out what is actually stopping them. But quite often too, like I will, I'll say it millions of times, but I truly believe that a lot of huge businesses and very successful ones have been built off the back of huge trauma because wow. it is a really good driver for people. But mm. unfortunately, they get to a certain point where the amount of external success that they've created for themselves and external like perceived safety with money and, mm. and business and that sort of thing, it's not actually fulfilling them. So I do get a lot of entrepreneurs that have come to me on that side of things where they're like, I've just built this amazing business mm. and it has not made me happy. <laughs> yeah. So then we go back into um, why they drove, you know, they were driving so hard with the business anyway. And mm. yeah, just healing those parts of them that really require it to go to the yeah. next level. It's a bit of a paradox as well. People can actually have wildly success or wild success with finances and, and business, but others can really struggle to keep that threshold of, of the income they want to make or the business they want to do. And it's like an internal block of belief system. Mm. Did you find with those people who were really successful but unhappy had different beliefs around money or different concepts of what money is? Yeah, I do, use it? <clears throat> I do a lot of work with money stuff. It's been one of my favorite things, obviously losing everything myself and have mm. massive, having massive trauma around money. And yeah. then, you know, I, I find the money stuff to be incredibly fascinating to find out where our belief systems come from and it's mm. like ancestral stuff, your parents programming and belief systems, what mm. society tells you that it should be. And yeah, it was, it's really interesting. Even with entrepreneurs, they get to a certain level and then it's just what they believe is available to them. Yeah. And then we take them to that next level, which is always fun. But yeah. money issues are, I believe are across the board for Everybody. Western society in general. Yeah. yeah. What, are, what are some of the tools that you have um, in your practice to break through those limiting beliefs or to become aware of them and change them? Yeah. We do, it, it just depends on the person. So mm. whenever we're doing money stuff, it's never about the money. Mm. It's usually about some form of self-worth. Okay. Or it's to do with uh, safety and security. Mm. And again, what they believe that they deserve in life wow. so a lot of people have gone the opposite way they've still got self-worth issues and and that sort of thing but they're using money as like that external validation to make themselves feel better mm. unfortunately though like spoiler alert it never does never <laughs> so yeah. and it's the goalposts just keep shifting further mm. and further out and there's just no amount of external success that makes people happy wow so. yeah you got to balance the internal with the external 100 percent business route yeah um, and then we mix a bit of spirituality into it. That's always nice. Yeah. yeah. Love the esoteric, <laughs> getting into the nature of our reality and meaning of life and what we're all here to do. Yeah. How do you go about helping someone find a deeper meaning or deeper purpose in their business or in their life? Like the people you mentioned that were wildly successful but didn't feel satisfied. It usually comes down to, first of all, like that self-love part and healing yeah. those parts of us, which we all have it, I think it's just a byproduct of Western society, really, as well as the trauma that, you know, is up to the individual of what their family line is and what they've personally sustained. Mm. But it's the, the real, uh, how to describe it? It is, it's so, so interesting to see where, where people's blocks are in that. And so we, we use a combination of like NLP techniques. I do a lot of parts integration work. We use somatic, like the closest thing to what I do is somatic experiencing. I'm not a trained somatic like experiencing practitioner. I haven't done mm. Peter Levine's course, but my trauma trainer has done it. Okay. And so she's, she curated her own course 
and that's the one that I've done. So we move it through the body. Mm. But yeah, it really does come down to a lot of safety, security and love in the end. Mm. And what happens then is that sometimes people shift their whole businesses. Yeah. But more importantly, even if they don't shift their business, they shift the intention behind their business. Mm. And every single time it comes back down to wanting to contribute more to society and not just have more for them. It's a really beautiful thing. They actually mm. want to see people's lives get better in some way. Wow. So business can be a great tool to you know, self-development and really exploring yourself within. Um, yeah, I think getting into business, especially with my own business journey, it's... I, I don't believe we're coming to a time where you are going to be able to split business and inner work. Mm. I think business and personal development really come hand in hand. Like if you want to yeah. go to those next levels in your business and you don't want to burn out and you do actually want to be happy, then you've, you're going to have to do the personal mm. development work. Do you think reality is manifesting a lot faster from thoughts and emotions into tangible reality now or has it always been this way? I think it's always been this way. It's just that I think we're now really aware of it. And there's mm. a lot more people that are on the personal development train. And instead yeah. of blaming the situation outside of them, they're looking at what they need to change inside in order to yeah. have a, um, a different external result. Amazing. Especially in the realm of manifestation. Like I, as much as manifestation is like a buzzword and it's very fluffy in a lot of cases, you, I don't truly, I don't believe you can have manifestation without healing. Mm. Well, not manifesting what you want anyway. We're all manifesting yeah. stuff. We're all in co-creation with the universe all the time. But if you want to consciously create something, mm. then you're going to need to figure out all the reasons why you're not there yet. Because otherwise you'd have the, that stuff already. Mm. Focus on why you're not there yet or yeah. what those blocks are. There's something blocking you in your unconscious. So it's either going to be trauma related, um, conditioning, programming, belief systems, that sort of stuff. Yeah. I have a loaded question, mm. um, and I could be wrong, could be my perspective as well, that um, looking out at the world and getting into the conspiracy, so to speak, and you're seeing a lot of people become really successful, but they seem to be wicked, like big pharma or big banking. Like, Why does it seem like the wicked prosper in this world of, of business and finance? Well, it depends how you look at those companies and everything and f so if you really want to get into the, <laughs> the esoteric thing yeah. I was having this discussion with my client this morning actually you know the whole concept of as within so without yeah so through trauma healing through going to the pain of the original wound and being with it long enough to actually release it and let it go that's yeah. where the healing happens and I also don't believe that like well, one of the, the patterns that I've noticed with people when they do deep trauma work is that they naturally start having a spiritual awakening anyway mm. because they clear their systems out and they start getting in contact with you know what's outside of them mm. you know, whether you want to call it god source creator universe universal intelligence whatever yeah. you want to call it what do you like to call it um i sort of flip between god and universe mm. source bit of both isn't it yeah. well, it's all the same thing well, it's all the same thing great spirit if you want to work with you know the way that people in tribes would yeah. talk about it but it is all the one thing it's that one consciousness that we mm. all actually are at our deeper core and I yeah. really had to sit with this in 2020 I remember it's very distinctly when I was I was actually outside hanging the washing and I was thinking I was zooming right out from a one consciousness point of view I was like, why would I do this to myself? It's mm, a revelation thought. Yeah, yeah. I, was, I zoomed right out and then I was like, it's exactly like trauma healing. You've got to go to the pain yeah. to actually excavate and, and dig up what's in there and allow it to heal and process. Mm. Uh, the more work that I get into, I'm actually, I'm not a religious person, but I am getting more into the... I, not the Christianity side of things, but more of the Christ consciousness okay. work now as well. And mm. it really is, sometimes we have to steer away from the path to realize how far we've gone before we return. Mm. And I, Perspective. I, yeah, I feel like that's what's yeah. happening in humanity at the moment. As far as success goes, it's going to take a lot of people, like the, the awakening of humanity has been sped up considerably since 2020 because mm. like it's been this massive shock to the system where people just can't keep going 
mm. with their blinkers on anymore. The amount of people that I've spoken to that had no idea about you know spiritual spirituality or spiritual awakening before 2020, and then suddenly they've been yeah, yeah absolutely yeah. <laughs> walloped by it, and realised that you know maybe maybe there's more to this yeah. than you know just TV and work and all that sort of stuff. So I, I actually mm. think it's been a good thing. There's been a massive shakedown for humanity to actually yeah. go, hey guys, we need to we need to work together here. Yeah, definitely. Well, I feel like the uh, recent happenings on the planet, you know, with with COVID and the whole crumbling of the system, so to speak, or seeing its flaws, really helps you to awaken to a greater level of, of consciousness that there's more beyond this great system. There is universal law and there's God and whatever else, but it takes a lot for people to see that when they're stuck, as you said, with their blinders on. Yeah. Are, are you feeling an influx of that Christ consciousness energy yeah. on this planet? Massively, and recently? now I'm seeing it everywhere. could just be my reticular activating system at work, yeah. but I'm not sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm seeing a lot more of it. I'm seeing a lot of people that... I follow in that I have followed for business stuff have now started talking about it as well mm. and actually revealing their their truth around the amount of prayer that they do and the amount of like communing with God and Christ consciousness and that sort of stuff that they mm. do and I was like wow you guys could have told me this when I started following you five years ago <laughs> I would have liked these cheat codes things <laughs> yeah well, I've always been trying to balance because um, my stepfather he was a Christian preacher Mm. The Seven Adventist Church, and my real dad was, um, he's a spiritual medium. He does like channeling work. Oh, wow. And I've learned from both of them certain things, even though I'm not perfect in either of them. But I've been trying to integrate these. Mm. And I've always just mixed prayer with meditation. Mm. And I've had really amazing and beautiful results and answers to prayers come through in the, the deep silence, which most of Christianity doesn't actually do. Or they, they're afraid of it due to whatever reasons they slandered the Eastern religions and meditation about being demonic or whatever. But is the missing element to prayer mm. is silence. <laughs> yeah. Um, I find, anyway. yeah, it's really interesting, the whole religion thing. You can see what the, the ego has done with something that is particularly pure and for all intents and purposes, like a very, very good way of living your mm. life, like good guidelines for life. Yeah. And then humanity has essentially warped it and used it mm. for control and and true, yeah. personal gain and 100%. all of that sort of stuff over the years. Yeah. So. I feel like if people or someone's ego wants to make, make a decision to do something, whether it's evil or for power, they can justify it with religion. Mm. So I think that's what they've always turned to as their scapegoat. But um, it's not, nothing to do with religion, it's all to do with the intent of the evil the evildoer, so to speak. Yeah. Um, Although what's evil to one person will be the hero to another so it's really it's all about perspective true yeah so broadly yes but not always i think that anyone who has an intention to destroy something for no other reason than personal satisfaction is anyway pretty evil but <laughs> you never know depends if you take like this is why again i take the stance of this one consciousness why would it be doing this to itself because it wants to wake up to the truth of itself mm. and sometimes we need that um contrast True. in order to see that mm. well that it's invested in separation or believes in separation so much that yeah it goes down the wrong the wrong path but as you said before sometimes you need to go down the wrong path to see how far you've come to get that polarity um what, what are your thoughts on god and a creator that created everything compared to evolution what, what are your sort of thoughts on that i don't know enough about the theory of evolution I mean, I've got my own thoughts about it. Mm. I don't really know. Like, I don't know if I subscribe to evolution theory. Yeah. Just because of things that I've read and seen, and mm. it's really interesting. Um, but again, if God created everything, then He would have created that too. True. Yeah. So. Creation and evolution as one. Yeah. I like that. That's all encompassing. So every everything that you see, especially with the amount of <laughs> bloody plant medicine I've done when, <laughs> when you're seeing God in everything you know it's in the door frame it's in the it's in your neighbor it's in your cat it's in the food that you eat it's in it's everything in observing itself yeah everything is mm. is energy I still think we're in a simulation but <laughs> <laughs> you think a, um, a man-made simulation or an organic divine simulation um, well again it, the 
in my own personal opinion, everything that's man-made is also divine because it's, it's all one. So for me, it's like the thing I've been pondering lately is do I just drop in here at this particular space-time reality as Holly and then when I expire, does the world, does the whole world delete and I just go to a whole different one? Different server. It, yeah, different server <laughs> and just experience yeah. a whole other reality. Mm. I guess to a point where you think hard enough, the labels don't really matter, it's just the experience. Yeah. It's just going to be the same regardless. But um, I like to believe that we're in a divine simulation which isn't inside a computer somewhere, but in the original existence. Mm. But um, using what you said, whether it's man-made or not, it's still God-made, divine-made anyway. <laughs> what were some of the biggest obstacles you've had to overcome in becoming the healer and coach that you are? Um, my own bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Putting myself out there, I, even though I probably present as a lot more extroverted now, when I was younger in my early 20s, I probably wasn't as extroverted. I used to care a lot about what people thought of me. Mm. I was suicidal until I was about 30 and I had never really felt what, you know, self-love really feels like. It's actually, it was on my 33rd birthday where I actually had that experiential feeling drop in. It was a feeling I had never felt in my life before. And it was, I actually did a um, psilocybin journey with one of my mentors Okay. It was the first time I'd ever done it, you know, on my 33rd birthday. And 33. Yeah, 33. And even though I'd done a lot of, like, self-love stuff, and I thought that I was loving myself through my practices and my meditation and, you know, bubble baths and taking care of my body and all of that, mm. and I thought I knew what it was, but it wasn't until I had that experience where I actually felt something completely different. And I was like oh my God, that is what it feels like to mm. actually truly be at peace and actually truly find that love for yourself. And then as a byproduct, like a love for all things. Wow. So in that moment, you truly felt what it was like to really love yourself and to love in general. Yeah. And I that had came an through. an extreme amount of self-hatred and shame and everything yeah. growing up. Um, what do you think it was that sparked your mind or sparked that experience to experience that self-love just like that? Um, probably a combination of my amazing mentor and yep. the beautiful medicine of the psilocybin. Mm. I, mean, I truly believe that mushrooms will save the world. Yeah, let's put it in the water supply. That's what I, that's <laughs> what I always say. It's they definitely should. what they, I want to do. They put fluoride in there, why not put some mushrooms? Exactly, just um, whack, some, whack some mushrooms in there. And a lot of them, yeah. Um, Going back, if it's okay with you, to when you were suicidal for that period of time. <laughs> My whole life. My <laughs> whole life until you were 30 or 33? Uh, it was until I was 30 and then, you know, I'd had little hints of it through, I actually ended up doing the um, toad medicine, so 5-MeO-DMT. I've done that too. Yeah, good time. Which was incredible, but there was not a lot of integration from the facilitator that I had with that. And was that in Jaredale? No, no, yeah. this was over in Brisbane. Okay, cool. And so for the next six weeks, it just unraveled my psyche at such a rapid pace that I was like, I don't even know what reality is anymore. I'm, I'm out. This is too painful. Well, wow. and yeah, I had to make a decision then as well. But the, um, the suicidal journey, it's been an interesting one for me because I was yeah. never really that attached to this reality anyway. And so when the pain mm. was too much, it was like, well, what, what the hell's the point? Yeah. You know? So the silence a lot more gentle, warm and beautiful, I find. The 5 of DMT was really, wow, like what's the strongest psychedelic on the planet I heard. Um, it's a, the way I describe it, it's a bullet train to enlightenment. <laughs> and if you're not adequately, yeah. adequately prepared for it. That was the first psychedelic I'd ever done. Oh, really? Yeah, apart yeah. from like a quarter of a tap of acid in my 20s. Quarter of a tap. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> Which rocked me. Um, but yeah, as far as like entheogens go, that was the first one. So you're quite energetically sensitive to Very. psychedelics, probably meditation yeah. as well. Yeah. Mm. Energy in general. Yeah. I actually, I, I really think that a lot of my like 
quote unquote mental health conditions throughout my 20s, apart from the amount, the, the trauma that I had personally, was really due to the fact that I was so sensitive to mm. other people's energy. And I think a lot of it wasn't mine. Yeah. And I just think I, had, I was constantly overwhelmed because I didn't know, I couldn't differentiate between what was mine and what was someone else's. Yeah. Now I can. Um, and obviously I use it for my work yeah. because I need to be sensitive okay. to what people are going through, yeah. especially when they're telling me a story and I can feel what's going on for mm. them underneath. But yeah, it was just a really confusing, confusing time, my yeah. 20s. That's a big one. Yeah, so there's a saying from one of my favorite authors, his name's Silver Birch, that the price every medium must pay for mediumship is sensitivity. Mm. So when you were saying that you can't differentiate your energy from someone else's energy. How did you start to learn that, hang on, what I'm feeling isn't actually mine? And then how did you block out or protect yourself in that way? So the first time I actually learned that what I was feeling was maybe not mine was actually at that Brandon Bay seminar because I was sitting there. It was a really big seminar. There, was, there would have been, oh God, <coughs> at least a couple of hundred people there. Okay. And I was really engaged in what she was saying and I was really interested. And then I remember at one point, I just started getting really angry like and really upset by the things she was saying. And I'm like, this is so weird. What the hell's going on? Mm. It was five minutes later, we all went on a break and the woman that had been sitting next to me actually came out and she started like, you know, venting about the whole thing. And she was saying the things that I had been thinking in my mind. Wow. And I realized at that point I was like holy shit I was just I was just picking up on her stuff like what's going on here so your channel is just so open yeah it must have been and then I sort of went back to sleep after that and I never really thought more of it because I didn't know what to do with it I was like yeah. oh, it's gonna go back in the unconscious and <laughs> I'm just shove that one back goes. in a box I'm just yeah. gonna go back to working in a pub um, <laughs> <laughs> just do my 3d matrix shit <laughs> Um, girl can't fix. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then I, like I was talking about with the suicidal stuff, you know, only is retrospectively now looking back going, oh, wow, shit, maybe most of that wasn't actually mine. But it was only through really doing a lot of deep trauma work and um, figuring out my own emotions about things and clearing out my own mm. personal responses to things. So yeah. in trauma work, we have something called overcoupling which is when two or more emotions are like stuck together. And okay. so what happens is if they all come up at once, it can just present as like anxiety or, you know, like one of the overarching yeah. emotions that is like an overwhelming emotion. So you were getting more than two crossing over at the same time or you're getting a lot coming over? Oh, heaps, okay. heaps and heaps. And it wasn't until I was able to do the trauma work and actually start splitting those off and processing them individually, mm. like processing guilt or processing fear or processing anger, that I was actually able to then register, oh, hang on a second, what is going on here? I can actually mm. now feel into what is someone else's. So my level of empathy was always there, but now I can actually tell very clearly what's mine and what's someone else's. Since you did all that work of integrating your own emotions. Yeah, I had yeah. to sort out the, whatever the jumble was in, mm. in my own system first. Now it's kind of like, have you ever walked into a shopping center with your phone out and all of the shopping center Wi-Fi stuff Popping coming up. up on your phone? Yeah. That's what it feels like mm. <laughs> when you're walking through. And Good it's analogy. like, bing, yeah. bing, bing, but I can shut it down and shut it out now. Mm. And I only really just generally use it for my work. Cool. How do you actually shut it down? Is it like a visualization thing or is it the mental Um, It's thought? a concentration, but it's more, as I've gotten more into like a lot more plant medicine, a lot more energy work and a lot more personal healing, it really is cultivating your willpower and the mm. power of your own decision. Okay. So if I decide to shut it down, yep. then it'll be shut down. Nice. Whereas if I really, if I want to tune into someone mm. and I can just turn my attention towards it and I can just register and witness what's coming up in my own system and I'll be like, okay, yeah, that feels like mine, that feels mm. like theirs. Can you tune into people before you've actually met them? 
Like if you're, gonna, if you're going to meet somebody, like do you tune into their energy to sort of suss them out energetically just to know? Can you do that kind of stuff? Um, what, as if like going on a date or <laughs> going on, like having if clients that's what comes come to in? Your mind. <laughs> um, just in general, like if you're going to meet, like you have a job interview, you're going to meet a friend of a friend, you're going to go on a date, you're going to whatever it is, you're going to meet somebody. Like can you just the day before just quickly whoop, tune into their energy, see what they're about, come back, mark, okay, they're safe or they're this or... Do a scan? Yeah, I can yeah. do that. Okay. Yeah. Did you do one on me? Now? No, did you do one on me a few days ago? Oh, did I? No, I didn't. I just, no? I liked your energy and I liked your podcast and I was like, okay. yeah. No, I don't, I don't really do it without you permission. Do oh, fair enough. I was just like a sus because I had like a meditation yesterday and then you came through, your name just came through prominently, like boom, boom, and then it was gone. I was like, oh. Yeah. So I thought you just did a little quick scan, like who was this person and... No. no, I tend to do that. Like when I'm working <laughs> with people, I'll turn up in their dreams or oh, really? I'll start thinking about yeah. stuff. I get that all the time where someone will call me after I've been thinking about them or vice versa and yeah. stuff like that. But I generally okay. try not to, um, unless they're like a close friend and then I feel like I'm yeah. crash their boundaries anyway. <laughs> <laughs> but the energetic no. boundary thing is... Oh, true. Yeah, I didn't mean it as like a crossing a boundary, just almost like a safety thing, just to sort of, yeah. I'm going to meet somebody, quickly tune in and you get a vibe of whether they're safe or not or... You know, just to... It's in safe for myself? Yeah, safe for yourself or yeah. safe for... Yeah, because I like to do it before a job interview or before I meet somebody is just send them love or just quickly get an idea of what I'm in for, so to mm. speak. I do a lot of that in my morning prayer. Yeah, okay. So I tune into my clients, past, present and future. Oh, and I do a lot of um, prayer for them. I do a lot of, like using my energy to consciously connect with them and just send them loving energy and you know success and happiness and all of mm. those things so. beautiful yeah that, that's lovely hey um yeah sorry there was another, i think we we're touching on this um before but how did you get to the moment where you're dealing with suicide that you just decided that that's not going to happen that you're not going to struggle like that anymore and that was just behind you what was the, the tools that you had or what was the moment where you sort of said no more? The moment was I I really tried and I couldn't do it. Mm. I um, was at the beach after like and this is I think the last time I really tried that was um, yeah, after the toad experience and I just completely lost touch with reality for a while there and I had some really hard stuff come up in my relationship and my like stuff come up with my parents and just a whole bunch of other stuff all at the same time. And I remember going down to the beach and I was gonna take every single like painkiller and Valium and everything and just wait till I got really sleepy and just walk into the ocean. Mm. Um, and I just couldn't do it. Wow! In the end, so you feel like you were reborn in that kind of in that moment where you just decided that you couldn't do it. Yeah, I just decided I couldn't. Yeah. So it's so, like fuck. Well, I'm gonna have to sort something out because <laughs> I can't do this. It's not an yeah. option now. <laughs> wow, it's a very powerful moment. Mm. Amazing. Um, do you think those thoughts that you were experiencing were a part of the collective, where somehow I'm seeing a lot of themes of? suicide in music, in movies, in conversations with people, people just bring it up sarcastically. It's a really, really big. And I was very concerned about it because it was just popping up everywhere. There's I'm a lot like, of that going on at the moment. Yeah. There's a lot of people leaving this planet mm. from a soul level, I believe. They just want out? Pardon? People just want out. Um, yeah, they're just not coming to the next iteration of mm. what's happening on the planet. Yeah. What do you think is happening on the planet and why is it causing such massive disruption in people's mental health and sanity? I think at the moment there's a war for consciousness. Mm. That's hence why our attention is being taken by so many things. Yeah. And there's also, you know, it's a, it's a war for control. Um, we're really being, tr we're being tested in how much we actually want our sovereignty and freedom mm. and it's going to be a choice we either evolve or repeat yeah and how do we claim our sovereignty in in this war and how do we keep our heads above water 
do your inner work. (laughs) Do your own healing. Again, that whole as within, so without thing, if every single person on the planet just downed tools on everything that they were engaging with and focused solely on their own healing, Mm. we wouldn't have this issue. True. What are some of the fundamental basics in inner work um, for people that are just starting out, doing it on their own? What would you recommend people to start from and to keep in their, in their practices? It depends on the person's trauma load. So a lot of people that have a lot of trauma, they have a really dysregulated nervous system. And so meditation and all of that sort of thing is really, really hard for them. And so I know for me, in my 20s, I went to a psychologist and she's like, oh, just meditate. It'll be really relaxing for you. And there was no fucking way I could meditate. Mm. (laughs) My mind just would not. It's like racing thoughts and things like that. Yeah, exactly. And it actually gave me anxiety Mm. because I couldn't, I had, I was full of way too much pain to still my mind like that. So I would always tell people, I mean, if I had to have a choice between mindset and somatic trauma therapy, I would go trauma therapy every time. Mindset is important and crucial, but we've got 80% more um, information coming from the body to the brain than the other way around. And so your nervous system health actually affects the thoughts that happen in your mind. If your mm. nervous system is, is chock full of unprocessed trauma and you're, and you're completely dysregulated, your thought patterns are going to be anxious mm. and everything's going to look like a threat and you can't see opportunities. It's almost impossible to control your thought patterns enough to actually step back and go, oh, wow, I wonder what this particular hard situation is teaching me <laughs> because mm. your nervous system's spiked way too far outside of its window of tolerance yeah so i would always start there with people i would say the the best thing you can do is do somatic trauma therapy okay start there and then do the mindset work as well because that is important we do have control over our thoughts Mm. Uh, it's important to learn how to actually control about control what you think so that you can direct your own consciousness but it's so much easier when your nervous system's in good nick yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So somatic trauma therapy is a, the first place to be. I think That's it's crucial, yeah. Yeah. Okay. I went to your Instagram profile and there's a lot of, a lot of purple. Mm. Um, do you work with colors and things like that or why the purple that you chose to work with? The purple came through because I was doing a lot of work around abundance and money mindset in yeah. the first half of last year. Actually, most of last year, last year. That's just what came through as to what was needed in mm. my particular circle. Yeah. And we had a lot of great success with my clients in that particular course that I run, that I ran. Um, and so for me, purple is like, it's that color of abundance, that color of royalty, mm. that real lush, and uh, just gives me a lot of lush vibes. And my social media nice. manager is amazing. She does all my graphics for me. Yeah, <laughs> She's amazing. all digging the purple. Yeah. So the colors do make a big significance in this kind of work and in manifestation. I think so. Yeah. yeah that's cool. Yeah, it's going to give you a certain vibe. Mm. If it was, it would be a lot different. It would, it would look a lot different if it was hot pink or bright green or anything like that so very true yeah they give you a different feeling color therapy is a good thing mm-hmm. when you just really started reading about it with Ina seagull and her book and the power of colors and things like that and it's very fascinating but just everything anything you look into deep enough just expands and expands and expands yeah it's um, incredible <laughs> yeah um what are your practices with spirit and how do you connect with spirit in your daily life and also in your in your healing practices it's changing now at a very rapid rate. Like I said, I'm working a lot more with Christ consciousness now. Mm. So I, I work with all different deities, especially um, Isis. I don't know if you know about, a lot about her. The Egyptian healing goddess? Yeah. yeah. So she first visited me in that first mushroom ceremony that I did, and I didn't okay. know who she was. Mm. I, it was almost like someone came through and parked my consciousness to the side. 
all are coming right through you. Yeah. Did that scare you in any way or was that? No, I think I was in such a state of safety and, and bliss and everything that I was more curious than anything else. Mm. But it really did feel like there was something else inhabiting my body and looking out of my eyes. Wow. And I sort of was just a passenger in that moment. And I was like, who are you? <laughs> mm. And then that, the name Isis just came through really strongly and I had to go and speak to my mentor about it because I didn't know who that was. Wow. Like I think I'd heard like stories studying Egypt in high school or whatever, but yeah, That's it was cool. really interesting. And then looking her up and, and working with her has been incredible. And then obviously working with Christ consciousness now as well, bringing that through. That's now a new field of study for me that I'm, I get very obsessed about things. Yeah. <laughs> so I really, I'm sure I've got ADD. But if I get onto something that, if I, if I pull on a thread that's really interesting for me, like I'll pull the whole thread. Like yeah. I need to know everything that I can well, possibly you've got about to, yeah. it. <laughs> Something's going to embody your consciousness. You want to know as much about it as possible. Mm. Yeah. How do you um, maintain and hold that connection like does she come through when you're doing healing work or do certain spirits come through to you and like work through your body and how do you sort of maintain that relationship and call upon it when it's needed yeah with isis working with people when they're um either physically here sometimes online but mostly in my physical presence mm. i will i will ask for some assistance with something and i'll just ask her to you know work through my hands Mm. I also got, so when I went to Colombia last year and did uh, ayahuasca, I did really have a good conversation with a whole bunch of angels, spirits, all that sort of stuff, mm. which was really intense, but very beautiful. Yeah. Can you share any of that with us today? I had another visitation from Isis and the transmission was that I didn't need to call on her anymore because she was going to give me something to keep and hold mm. on to that I could have just all Beautiful. the time. So wow. that was pretty phenomenal. Mm. And is that healing abilities or is that a mixed Honestly, there was, there's so much that comes through in that space. Even when I was outside at one point and I knew that I was receiving information from the sunlight, but I couldn't, my human brain couldn't decipher what it was. Mm. I just knew that it was information. I knew that it was important. So yeah. I just laid there and I'm like, okay, whatever, give it to me. <laughs> I'm just, I don't have much of a choice now. Yeah. <laughs> so um. yeah, the, um, whatever it was that she gave me has really transformed my life since then. Wow, that's beautiful. And now you're working with Christ consciousness. How would you define or describe Christ consciousness? It's that next level of purity. Mm. So the, the way that I'm getting my head around it now is that everything that is created was created from God. Mm. And that Christ consciousness, which is in all of us, which is partly what I believe is why we're being so distracted, stressed out, controlled because they're trying to keep a lid on the awakening of mm. humanity which is literally Christ consciousness waking up to itself and essentially us you wow. know every single one of us becoming like Jesus at some point mm. so with the Christ consciousness like an intermediary between us and God yeah it's like the human version wow beautiful that's amazing and what are the what are the experience like when you're working with it and how do you incorporate that into your healing practices? I've always called it through, especially in medicine journeys and stuff when I've done work with clients. It's a really, it's a good thing to just have there, but it really is that, that pure, unconditional love mm. for all things. It's, yeah, it's incredible. So yeah. It's very, very healing. Yeah. And to healers out there who are coming up and when you start their own practices, what are some tips you'd give them of, of how to approach getting into the, the healing game and also expanding their business in such a way and balancing things like business, money, and healing and the spirituality concept? Because these are very large and profound concepts. Bringing them together can be quite tough, mm. especially when it comes to money and things like that, where you're, there's two worlds coming together. Yeah, and I think this is where it's really been a very misconstrued in the healing 
game because for so long um, people have thought that you know if you've got these healing gifts you should just share them and not have like not get any money for them or anything like that mm. um, which I sort of un understand that as a concept however if you really trace it back to the very very you know tribal days and everything the healers were always very looked after they were really mm. important yeah and so they didn't need money true like the priesthoods in Egypt and stuff yeah, like that they were just looked after they had all of their needs met and everything mm. obviously we're at a very different point in time now wouldn't that be nice wouldn't that be nice <laughs> I mean, it would be absolutely lovely if I could just walk the world and just do my healing work and just yeah. have all my needs met that'd be great um, however we don't live in that time anymore and so it's important to understand the concept of money as energy and if you're depleting yourself in order to serve others then you're just buying into that martyr paradigm and you're basically setting yourself on fire to keep other people warm which is yeah. not really good for anyone good analogy because then you know no one really wins like mm. people might get healed and all that sort of stuff but the other interesting thing about money and because I've done so much work with it and on it and all of this stuff money to me is your energetic permission slip Mm. So if you go to a healer or a coach and you want a transformation and you're actually paying money, especially money that if it's a bit of a stretch for you, you're actually giving your energetic permission mm. to receive that healing. You're saying to the universe, to the healer, to the coach, whoever it is, like, yes, I want this. Mm. Like, yes, please yeah. help me. And so quite often, in, especially in our Western society, people don't really value anything that they get for free. True. That's very, very true. It's what it is. Mm. And so, it's, and, and I'm not saying like the more you pay, the more you're going to get healed. There's plenty of good healers out there that don't charge much. They probably should charge more. Um, but the, the value of it, it's like, how do you put a price on healing? So if people are trying to bargain I used to get it all the time before I sorted out my own money story. People would try to bargain on prices for sessions haggle, and stuff yeah. like that. I'm like, this is not the good guys. Like, yeah. <laughs> you no, know, less for cash. Huh? <laughs> don't get less for cash. Would you like me to do half a healing job for you? <laughs> like, do you want to be yeah. partly healed? Hundred <laughs> percent. Um, so it's yeah, it's really interesting. But I cleared that out of my field so long ago. I don't really, I don't get any any of that sort of stuff anymore. But it was interesting that I was carrying that vibration at one point as well. Mm. Um, how, how did you remove that out of your sphere, out of your being? A lot of mental reprogramming and knowing my worth and, and actually just more understanding these meta concepts mm. where like when you understand energy and you understand money, the, the energy of money is quite a benevolent frequency. Mm. It's just been, it's, it's like it's been used for evil mm. but it's like a tool it's like a hammer you can build a house with it or you can cave someone's head in it's not True. it's not the hammer's fault yeah it just is yeah it's like religions the same thing you can you the, the premise and the basis of religion is amazing but it's what people have done with it mm. so the mm. issue is not the religion the issue is the ego and the people that mm. are using it to their advantage how did the reprobing the reprogramming look like to you was it your willpower constructing thoughts to repeat them like mantras or was there an active meditative what was really the essence of overriding that belief system and getting it out of you for once once and for all <laughs> yeah understanding the the bigger concepts really really helped more, more so than anything and then going into uh, a lot of parts integration so if you've done yeah. any nlp and that sort of stuff very very vaguely yeah yeah so parts integration basically going into your unconscious mind and finding the parts of you that either don't feel safe with money because remember i said it's not a money issue usually mm. it's a something else issue yeah, yeah so it's just coming out in the money thing so it's usually like you don't feel worthy of it or deserving of it for me it was a big safety issue so because of what happened this massive traumatic event with my family i had put a cap on the amount of money that I was like, going to allow myself to earn mm. because I didn't want to make too much money because too much money equals a lot of pain. Yeah, or you'd lose it all. 
or I'd lose it all. And I wasn't yeah. going to run that. Like See, that. you had a fear of success and the fear of failure stacked on top of each other. Yeah. Yeah, it's a tough one. Yeah, so it sort of kept me, you know, just at a certain level where mm. I, you know, I was comfortable, but I wasn't like gaining any ground. Yeah. And any money that I made that would come in would go out just as fast. Mm. To people out there who are looking to really connect with spirit more, what advice would you give them of, of how to really connect in a safe and healthy way to spirit? Because I've heard of some people doing some very strange things, trying to connect with spirit and things that go wrong. Oh, like what? Or like I heard there was people in a house trying to connect with Kali, the god of death. And oh, the, God. They just, well, I don't know how they did it. They had like some kind of apparatus and they were doing some ritual to bring her in and then things in the house started to get very eerie and strange noises and things would break and it's just, anyway. Yeah, so what's yeah. a safe and healthy way to connect with spirit? <laughs> <laughs> don't recommend that, by the way. <laughs> I would probably say if you're not spiritually adept at floating around in, you know, the astral and, and, and connecting with different spirits and stuff like that, like maybe don't start by fucking with the goddess of death and destruction first. Yeah. <laughs> maybe steer clear of that. Um, don't go for your everyday demons or anything like that. Maybe start mm. with something more loving like Christ consciousness or mm. um, Lakshmi is another really good one. She's a goddess of money and abundance in mm. the Indian culture. Uh, Isis is really good to work with. So just mm. start by tuning into yourself in a deep meditation. Like I said, if you're really clogged with trauma, you need to do that first. But <laughs> the if you really connect in deeply and then just ask. Mm. Ask to be shown. It's quite simple, isn't it? Mm. Very, very simple, yeah. Say to your higher self, your conscious awareness, God, source, creator, whatever you want to call it, just sit there and ask to be shown what it is and ask for... So when I was first developing this in myself, because I wasn't... I, I couldn't really differentiate, much like with the emotional stuff, I couldn't really differentiate the messages that were coming through in my mind as to what was mine and what was just ego and thought. Okay. Oh, sorry, what was ego and thought and what was actually not mine. And so I would ask for the message and I would get the message and then I would ask for a clarifier. Mm. So I would say, right, if this is a message from God or whatever, then I'll see a pink flamingo in the next 24 hours or whatever. Oh, wow. And so, like, I would get that feedback from my external environment. Mm. And I still do that with things that I need, like, decisions that I need clarity on. Yeah. Most people would say that's a really stupid way to make decisions. Yeah, <laughs> Looking 20, for 24 pink hour flamingos. Time yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's interesting. I've heard of that one before where people ask questions to God or source and they, if I see a monkey, that means this. If I see a flamingo, it means that. Mm. And um, in some weird way, they always see it, like a picture of it or, or a thing on the TV pops up and it's just like really miraculous to see that. It's almost like angel numbers or so to speak when they're constantly mm. following you. Again, um, it could be your reticular activating system. But even so, mm. even if it is from a science point of view, if it just is your RAS at work, mm. and for those people that don't know, your reticular activating system is basically your filter on reality. And if you've flagged things as important, you'll see more of that in your reality. So uh, say if you decide that you want to buy a Toyota Corolla, a white one, and you're going to then go and see a lot more of those. Mm. And it's not that Toyota had a sale, it's that you flagged that as important in your mind. Mm. And so you're naturally going to see more of that because otherwise if we had if we actually saw all of the trillions of bits of information that came in in every second, we would be vegetables, basically. Mm. We'd be potatoes. It'd be too much information. So we need that filter on reality. However, depending on your trauma load, depending on your belief systems, your programming, your, your filter on reality is only going to feed back to you what your mind has said is important. Mm. So if you've said, I want to see a pink flamingo in order to make this decision, and you do, is it your reticular activating system just seeing the flamingo because you said it was important? Possibly, but also at the same time, it is just you, like you are an extension of the universe. You're talking to yourself anyway. So mm. it is your own reticular activating system giving you the yeah. right cue. 
answering your own question. Yeah. Mm. I have found that in when I do fasting practices and I'm very meticulous with my diet, my channel will be a lot clearer to the point where I can meditate and have visitations or have spoken word return to prayer in my mind. And then if I'm out of alignment or eating quite unhealthy, then that just goes away. Mm. And I was wondering, um, is that just me making that up or is something about how clean your vessel is, is how you can receive? Yeah, it makes a massive difference. Yeah. Huge difference. Mm. Yeah. Because I have met some mediums who seem to be doing whatever they like and they get clear messages that come through. And I've met people who have to diet and fast and they can finally just get a little glimpse of it. Um, do people have certain abilities or are there certain shortcuts to achieve certain things? Or I don't know about shortcuts. I think you can expedite the process, especially with things like plant medicines. Have you ever done Cambo? Never done Cambo, no. You might want to do that. You recommend it? Yeah. Is that where you throw up and shit yourself and yeah. <laughs> expel all the toxins? You don't always shit yourself. I've <laughs> never shat myself. Okay, yeah. <laughs> but I know people that have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So maybe fasting before the Cambo would be a good idea so there's nothing in your system. You have to. Okay. Oh, yep. that makes sense. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Something about me is very fierce, very worried about Cambo, just the fact that I don't like feeling sick and... It'll clear up, that right out of you. Oh, really? I used to have a phobia of vomiting until I started doing Cambo. Yeah. Okay. Cambo. Yeah. Mm. It's a good purge. Very good purge. I did three <laughs> days in a row last year and I have never felt so clear after the third day. Wow. It just removes all the toxins. And everything else. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Does it, does, does it actually kill viruses and stuff in the body? Like Epstein-Barr and things like that? I'm not a Cambo practitioner, but I'm okay. pretty sure it does a lot in the system. It's a, it's a really deep, energetic and physical cleanse. Okay. I'm going to note that. Yeah. Um, I was going to ask you too, when it comes to spirituality, and people that are early in their awakening are going through a big awakening phase and just opened up to the world of spirit, and they kind of lose touch with reality a little bit, where like, they can feel like they have mental breakdowns, mental health issues and things like that. How do people stay balanced when those things are happening and how do you recommend people find sanity when these things tend to happen to them a lot of grounding work so yeah i have noticed that with a few people where they start getting into the, the spiritual realms and everything and they they do all of that work and they they haven't got that real deep sense of grounding in in their own physical vessel mm. Personally, I think it is very much linked into trauma as well. So if, you've, if you're holding a lot of repressed emotions or holding a lot of pain that's unprocessed mm. and then you start having these spiritual awakenings, it can really fragment the psyche and, and you can split off. Mm. And then it's just it just ends up being this frenetic energy that's only held on by a tether to the physical vessels. So I, wow. I believe that, and please don't think that I'm sitting on my moral high horse saying I'm so enlightened because I'm not mm. <laughs> but even through my own journey if you want to really get out you also have to take care of this it's almost a journey of descent before ascent mm. to go into the system and figure out what's in here first before you can go out yeah very true well I had the opposite um, response early on I was having um, out-of-body experiences lucid dreams sleep paralysis and things like that to the point where I could just go to sleep and bang I'm off somewhere else and then I started to feel started to realize I was very ungrounded mm. um, had a huge amount of social anxiety and things like that started doing more embodiment work and I haven't really gotten back to the point where I can do that anymore but I've, I feel so much more secure in my own body but I'm now looking to venture out into the spiritual realms again but I'm having issues doing that um, so I don't know why I'm so out of balance race one or the other how do you find or have any practices when it comes to astral projection and lucid dreaming and things like that? Um, do you do much of that work? Or have you experienced these, these happenings to you? Yes, I used to get a lot of it as uncontrolled as mm. well. Okay, yeah. So I guess that added to the confusion and everything in my 20s. I used to get a lot of it, like really vivid lucid dreams and all of that sort of stuff. And now I do remember dreams but I don't have a lot of them as far as I can remember mm. as far as astral projecting and all that sort of stuff goes I do a lot of it in meditation in meditation mm. but I don't go too far out because I'm really f it's just not my focus at the moment yeah 
focused more on what I'm doing here mm. at this point in time. That makes sense, yeah. Yeah. What do you think it is about the uncontrolled nature of those happenings and why do you think they happen to people, such as sleep paralysis and spontaneous projection and things like that? Again, this I think the sleep paralysis thing is a lot to do with trauma. Mm. I remember I used to get really bad sleep paralysis for years and years and years and I had so much fear in my body. Mm. Like I just did not feel safe anywhere. I didn't even know what safety felt like. The first actual somatic trauma session that I ever did years ago, when, when we do trauma work, we take people to what's called a resource first, which is where we get them to create a safe space in their mind mm. and to calm the body down and send the, the body signals that there's safety. And I immediately burst into tears because I, I didn't know what that felt like. I couldn't wow. get a safe space. I couldn't even create one in my mind. Mm. So it was a long process to even just get safety first. So yeah, it's, um, I think that's the crux. I think it's very hard to differentiate anything else if you haven't sorted out your own internal world, at least mm. some degree. Yeah. Wow. And um, when you had that experience of not knowing what safety felt like and that release, um, yeah, did you, how long until you got to the point where you could have that safe haven inside your mind and have that place of safety? I think we probably did about three or four sessions on it until okay. I could form a really good safe resource. Beautiful. That's quite quick. Yeah. yeah. My trauma works pretty quick mm. if you do it with someone that knows what they're doing. Yeah. Um, physical touch. I was doing it with my friend at the time. She was studying trauma. She studied trauma work before I did. And um, she was brilliant. And But because we were such good friends as well, she was she was able to take me to that safe space mm. probably a lot quicker than maybe just someone that I didn't know. Which really need that, that trust level there. Yeah. Okay. Unrelated topic. There's a lot of stuff um, I'm seeing in your, in your room here, like crystals and drums and things like that. How do you work with different objects? Like how do you work with crystals and connect with them for healing or things like the crow's wing and stuff like that? How do you really connect with these tools and use them in your practice? I... Generally, if I'm going to be using, like, we know everything has a frequency, right? So the different frequencies of, you know, quartz, selenite. There's a lot of selenite in this room because mm. of the sort of work that I do. So it's, yeah. that's got more of a clearing capability. I've got mm. my deities everywhere for you yeah, know, a yeah. bit of help and support from what I would call my spirit squad. Yeah. <laughs> so got all that around. As far as connecting with them goes, again, I just ask. Mm, simple. <laughs> I, know, I, know I like thinking. to keep things really efficient. Yeah. Well, spirituality is very simple. So we complicate things. Um, but when you first started the show, you had a crystal in your hand and I would see the clear quartz. Yeah. What does that do for you? How does it feel when you're holding it? Ah, oh, that one's an interesting one, actually. This one. Yeah. So this was given to me by a client years ago that had he'd taken it from a place up north. Mm. And I have two of them. The other one is a different type of quartz and it's got more, like it's actually in another room because I've got to take it out to the hills. But I, I'd always had this sensation, but I, I'd always had them together, but I had always had this sensation that they weren't happy. The crystals weren't happy? No, <laughs> this is gonna sound really weird to everyone. I hope your audience has an open mind. I hope they do too. <laughs> Just, but I always had them together and it wasn't until so I, I've got to, my two friends staying with me at the moment who are both healers and mm. incredibly gifted at what they do. And as I was clearing out my room and, and just we were cleansing stuff and um, I said to both of them, can both of you like hold one of these crystals and tell me what you feel? And um, Matilda said that the one that was un that I think is unhappy <laughs> she was like, oh, it just feels really sad and like there's something going on in the solar plexus chakra for her, which is symbolizing like power and all of that. Mm. And then I got them to swap and Danny said the same sort of thing. But when I split them up, when I held them, this one seemed fine. 
and it seems like it wants to stay. Yeah. So I've been doing a lot of work just holding onto it. It's clear quartz. Beautiful. But the other one is definitely not happy. <laughs> and I'm so. definitely going to take it up to Kalamunda and. Is it like a he and a she crystal? No, they're completely different. They just oh. got given to me in a big bag of other crystals. So but one I of think them didn't belong with you. That's why, or didn't belong with that other crystal. That's like a divorce. No, I don't think they belonged in Perth. Okay. So they're from up north. Fair enough. In like mining, he, he got them from a mining site. Mm. And I just don't think they wanted to be removed. Okay. But this one seems pretty happy with me now. <laughs> oh, cool, cool. You've converted, converted him. Yeah, he's happy. Wow. Let's have a look. Um, now, if you had an opportunity to speak to a billion people or to implant like a, a thought or an idea into the collective consciousness, what do you think that would be? Do your trauma work. Do your trauma work? Yeah. Yeah. Heal your shit. Mm. Focus on yourself. Focus on your own healing before anything else. Mm. Because it, it bleeds into everything else. Yeah. So anything that you're facing in life, any circumstances that are troubling, any pain is all based on your trauma. Hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. And the more the the more clear you are of your own personal um, trauma load and any repressed emotions and all of that sort of stuff, the better relationships you can have, the, m the more safety you can feel and create with others, the more love you can give and receive, the more money you'll make. Because mm. <laughs> at the same time as clearing out your trauma, you're also taking a look at your belief systems. True. Like, it is just crucial. Amazing. Thank you so much. My pleasure. Um, and before you go, do you reckon you could actually show us this machine you have here on camera? Um, yeah, sure. So this machine, what is it and what does it do? This machine is a, it uses light therapy to balance the chakras out. And I actually always wanted one, uh, but if they're from, you can only get them from St. John of God in Brazil, I believe. Wow. And basically these are quartz crystals and then they have color therapy coming through them. So you line it up. So I'll have someone lying here and they will line up along their chakra line. Wow. Um, one of my clients gave it to me. She was, gave it to you. <laughs> they're worth about three grand. One of my wow. clients gave it to me and she's like, oh, I've got this contraption that I don't want to move house with. Do you want it? And I was like, yes, I do. Wow. <laughs> yes, I do. And this activates and clears the chakras. Yeah, this balances things out. People get very relaxed afterwards. Sometimes I use it if I'm doing a trauma session just to help the process. Cool. So. Mm. Mm. so where can people find you if they want to connect with you? Uh, Instagram mostly. Yeah. Instagram or my website. What's the handle? At hollyloxton underscore coach. Awesome. Again, thank you. My pleasure. <laughs> thank you.